Welcome to Unbounds, Break Free and Live Authentically. My name is Krista Lynn. I am your podcast host, integrative nutrition health coach, somatic movement practitioner, and health and wellness advocate. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode, and I hope you enjoy. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Today, we are talking about the four facets of nutrition. I put a little questionnaire out on my Instagram recently asking for podcast suggestions, and I got some awesome ideas back, so I'm really excited to touch upon them in the up and coming weeks. Um, I got a few requests for something on nutrition, so figured we'd roll with that one first and uh, yeah, get to all the other good stuff in future episodes. So today we're talking about nutrition and um, how it goes beyond the physical and you know what we can do to, to really leverage food to meet all of our needs. And one of my favorite quotes is by Hippocrates, let thy food be thy medicine. And I think that a lot of us use this quote and think that we have to have this perfect diet that um, only addresses the physical ways that food can nourish us. And in reality, our awareness and our perception of food can really be opened up to address the physical, the emotional, the spiritual, and the social needs that food meets because food does address all of these things. And going beyond the physical allows for food to nourish all the parts of you and really attune to your intuition and your bio-individual nutrition. Your nutrition should be as bio-individual as your DNA. No two people are the same, therefore your nutrition should not look the same. So it's really, really bothersome to me when there is a blanket protocol for um you know, for somebody, or there is a diet fad that everybody quote unquote should be following. I believe that your nutrition is is as individual as your DNA and should address your physical, emotional, spiritual, and social needs. Because if one of these things is out of balance, you're not going to be living in in a alignment or in a lifestyle that is sustainable. Now, disclaimer, there are therapeutic diets that need to be leveraged when you have certain issues going on or you're dealing with chronic illness. There is a time and a place for those, but that's why they're diets. They're meant to just be short-term, not to be a lifestyle. So when we're talking lifestyle, we need to leverage all of these facets. So I don't want anyone to get confused with you know healing protocols that you might be... Um, leveraging or you might be looking into, or even if you're working with me, I might be um, leveraging to help you along your journey. They are diets. They are therapeutic models for a reason. They're used short short term to bring you back into a place of balance so that you can reconvene and enjoy a sustainable, healthy, nourishing relationship with food. So let's start with... um, with the physical. So what do I mean by like tuning into intuition, right? Like there's this huge concept of intuitive eating floating around and 
There are a couple of different approaches. The approach that I'm talking about does not mean that you get free reign to eat whatever you want. (laughs) This means that you find the boundaries and the balance that work for you. Because if we eat whatever we want, um, you know, this this can lead to physical imbalance, right? If we're um, dealing with food sensitivities and we decide we want to eat that donut and the gut doesn't like the gluten, then maybe your brain is super happy, but your gut is going to be suffering and therefore cause damage to your vagus nerve and then cycle right around to affect your emotional health. So there's this big loop. And you might be asking the question then, you know, why? Then what's, why is, why is food so complicated? Why is our relationship with food so complicated and deciding what to eat? And the answer that I have for you is that um, much of the food that we are offered in America is not actually even food. (laughs) It's processed. It's um, got ingredients and made with chemicals in it that other countries don't even consider to be food. They don't even acknowledge it as a food product. And um, I think that's really eye-opening to take a moment and appreciate like, okay, hang on. I'm being offered something that's not even, it's not even real food. And so no wonder why my brain is confused about what I should and shouldn't eat because real food was never supposed to bring my my body out of balance. It was never supposed to affect my mental health or give me brain fog or cause inflammation in the body or chronic pain. It was never meant to to cause or to be unhelpful to any of those things. And unfortunately... The foods that we are offered and the quality of ingredients that we consume and the majority of grab and go has ingredients that are not whole foods and that do have repercussions to your physical health. So the first tip that I have for you when it comes to the physical um, aspect of nutrition is to eat whole foods. Eat whole foods, not eat from whole foods, which you totally can. That's my favorite grocery store. But eat whole foods. This just means anything that is in its original form. And if you're eating processed food, making sure that it's made from whole foods. So turning the um, label around, I think one of the most empowering things that you can do for yourself if you are starting to become more aware of your nutrition is learn how to read an ingredient label, not the macronutrient label label the ingredient label if there is something in there that you cannot pronounce then I highly suggest that you either put it back on the shelf or look it up and find out what kind of derivative you're dealing with or gum or filler and decide if that's something that you want to put in your body my rule of thumb is if you cannot pronounce it then you probably shouldn't be eating it (laughs) Um, so within the boundaries of eating whole foods, this doesn't mean only fruits and vegetables, right? This can mean pure chocolate. This can mean baking with awesome ingredients, right? You can, you can bake plenty of things with whole foods. You can even make a pasta dish with whole foods, right? Now we've got so many awesome ingredients out there on the shelves and it's about empowering yourself to find the ones that work for you and creating alternatives and creating options that that feel good, that taste good, and that make your body um, really happy, your body and your mind happy. But working within the boundaries of whole foods, not grabbing the cheapest candy bar off the shelf or, you know, the processed frozen 
meal or the taquitos in the freezer section, right? It's about finding and fulfilling and satiating the physical within the confines of whole foods. And I promise you when you start to shift over, um, it takes some time, but it does get easier. There is 1000% Um, a period of adjustment and deprivation because the chemicals that are in all of our processed foods really do have a huge repercussion on um, our mental health. And there are even plenty of studies that show um, the uh, addictive qualities of some of these ingredients and how they've really got us hooked. Um, You know, the, the manufacturers and unfortunately... We are not protected from some of these ingredients here in the U.S., so it's it's your um, it's in your power to discover these things for yourself and to take back your power. Um, definitely not promising you that it'll be easier um, at, easy at first, especially if you are following the standard American diet, which I think is ironically um, acronymed as SAD. So um, you know it does it makes you feel sad. It makes you feel sad, and it makes you feel um, confused and really, uh, really has a a deprivation and negative effect on your relationship with food and your, your body's intuitive signals and cravings for the foods that nourish it. So the second tip I have for physical is to eat organic whenever possible. This is because conventional produce has tons of chemicals on it, Roundup, um, which leads to heavy metal toxicity in the body and again can just do that runaround of affecting the physical and manifesting in the mental emotional. That's a whole nother podcast topic um, going into uh, organic eating, but just know that organic whenever possible is ideal and is 1000% worth the extra money to invest in organic food. Um. And then the last thing is to avoid inflammatory and processed food as often as possible. Listen, unless you've got a chronic issue or an autoimmune disease or a gut issue or something that you really need to be following this strict, strict protocol, I always encourage clients to find an 80-20 balance because the world that we live in, we are just surrounded by you know, inflammatory foods and things like that. So if you can bring this beautiful balance in of 80-20, I think that's ideal. But that 20% and, you know, the things that you should be minimizing as often as possible are gluten, processed dairy, not all dairy. Some people do have dairy intolerance. And, you know, if you've got um, thyroid issues or some other um, autoimmune conditions, sometimes any form of dairy is not ideal. But most times people are uh, sensitive or, or so they think to dairy because they're consuming a low quality of dairy and you want grass-fed dairy. You want quality organic milk um, and you know getting rid of the processed stuff is going to allow you to really see, okay, maybe, maybe milk's not the problem. Maybe it's the processed milk that's the problem. Um, the other ones are corn, inflammatory oils such as canola, sunflower, safflower, vegetable, and peanut, and the big one the S word, sugar. (laughs) Um, Yeah, try to get rid of processed sugar as much as possible. It hijacks our brain. It feeds um, any parasitic activity going on in the body, which we all usually tend to have some at one point in time or another. So minimize the sugar. 
And if you are in the habit right now of having um, a lot of cane sugar in in your day, whether it be through um, sweets, through dessert, through um, drinks, a lot of times I find that um, individuals are consuming a lot of sugar through through liquid calories, to be honest. Um, you know, it's the cup of coffee that you get from Starbucks that's got a pump of sweetener in it. It's um, the Reese cup you get for your afternoon pick-me-up. It's the iced tea that you drink with dinner. It's all these different things. Even protein. Protein shakes oftentimes have um, sugar in them. And yogurt. Yogurt has a lot of sugar. So it's these things that sometimes can even come off as healthy. It doesn't always have to look like the candy bar or the frappuccino. It can look like, you know, your your morning breakfast, your yogurt, your um, muffin, you know, whatever it is, you could be having that, that sugar, that cane sugar in there. And then of course there's processed carbs that break down to sugar and all of those, um, you know, white flowers that's breaking down as glucose in your blood and spiking your sugar levels. So keeping an eye out for that and just starting to switch over to natural sweeteners like honey, like coconut sugar, um, organic alcohol-free stevia, monk fruit, things like that. Um, agave, as much as we want to think that it's awesome, it tastes awesome, it's not so awesome for our blood sugar. It actually has a super high glycemic index um, and is it, it can be actually worse than sugar. So watch the agave if you're an agave fan. Um, I Trust me, I love the taste of it too. Uh, I would try honey though. I would try honey or stevia or um, blackstrap molasses, or maple syrup, something like that, that's a little bit more um, kind to your blood sugar. <laughs> um, and then that's that's all I've got for today for the physical, because I want to jump to the other three facets of nutrition, because, you know, we could go on and on and on. There's so much to be said about, you know, those inflammatory foods and just eating organic in general, but I want to touch on these other things and kind of dive into those other um, topics uh, uh, on a different episode. But um, the next facet we have is the emotional, which this is such a huge battle for so many people, the emotional aspect of food, and we fight it. We fight it tooth and nail, and we perceive emotional eating as this giant beast that we have to fight off. Now, let me first say that um, your feelings are 1000% valid and emotional eating when it affects you in a negative light is not helpful. It is not helpful and there needs to be some inner healing that occurs when emotional eating leads to feelings of guilt and shame. 100% agree with you. However, emotional eating in its pure and intuitive form is actually really healthy. It it creates this balance of um, using food as celebration or comfort, right? Like what do we give a crying infant? We give the crying infant a bottle for comfort. And so we know that intuitively food is comfort and we deny ourselves that or we overindulge and we only seek food as comfort. We don't leverage any other self-care techniques as comfort and that that brings our um, emotional eating relationship into an unhealthy place. 
So know that that's how the spiral begins is when we we put all of our eggs in one basket, literally in the food basket, as far as comfort and celebration and, um, you know, even punishment sometimes and all of those things that get wrapped up in emotional eating. It's just because we're putting we're putting all of our our eggs in the food basket instead of leveraging some other self-care techniques and inner healing work to balance it out. Um, so that we can use food in a healthy way to address some of those things. So um, a couple of tips. This, you know, emotional eating is such a complex issue. And I love, 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 love walking women through healing with this. But a couple of just tips that you can take away from this is to honor the need behind the craving. Because when we emotionally eat and we crave things, we're always craving them for a reason. Um your craving for bread might be, you know, think about the quality of bread. It's, it's soft. It's, it can be warm. It can be, um, filling. You probably need to be grounded. You probably need to feel safe or comfortable, or you might need rest because your blo- your body's craving the glucose spike that occurs when you have something bready or doughy. So, you know, honor the need And if bread is going to make your physical body feel like crap or you're going to feel guilty after you eat the bread, then maybe you need to go outside and take your shoes off and get grounded or you need to take a 10-minute power nap or you need to grab a blanket and wrap yourself in it or call a friend, phone a friend, get some comfort, have a conversation. Identify what what the need is behind the craving and if fulfilling the craving with food is going to provoke feelings of guilt and shame, then find another way to meet the need. And if it's not, then go ahead and eat the bread. <laughs> eat the bread and enjoy it and and honor yourself and be, feel proud of yourself for honoring your need. However you choose to get it fulfilled, be um, kind to yourself and be proud of yourself for identifying and fulfilling a need. So um, that being said, stop the self-punishment and create a balanced, loving relationship around emotional eating. It is not the enemy and it can actually be leveraged to um, you know, be used for good and food can nourish the emotional body. It's just when we get out of balance, just as in the physical, if we're out of balance with certain things, then food could you know, harm us, not heal us. So it's the the same rings true for all of these different facets. It's just about that balance and creating the boundaries for yourself. So the next facet I want to talk about is the spiritual facet of food. And um, we find spiritual connection all throughout history, culturally, and in all different religions, food being used as celebration and ceremony. And, you know, in the Bible, Jesus eating with his disciples and with all different walks of life, we find that food is being used as celebration. And now even in the present day, still taking communion and um, enjoying food around the holidays and finding this deeper spiritual connection to food. What does that look like on the daily though, right? In your day to day? For me, something that's really helped is finding this deeper connection and appreciation to the process that's brought the food onto your plate. A lot of times we think about the process that we go through to cook the food, to you know wash all the vegetables, to chop them, to cook them, 
plate them, maybe, you know, all of that, that whole process, going to the store, buying the groceries, unpacking, all those different things. But then going beyond that and thinking somebody had to plant this seed and a farmer had to, you know, grow this harvest and, you know, pray for rain and cultivate the crop just the right time. Or if you're a meat eater, this animal had to be sacrificed so that I could have food and this is the circle of life and I'm really grateful for the life and the energy that now this this animal is giving to my body. And um, beyond that, thank you God for making um, resources on this earth to nourish nourish my body. And thank you for all of the hands who who put in work to create this beautiful food on my plate and please bless it to nourish my body. And I find that that gratitude through the form of prayer is something that has brought me a deeper spiritual connection to food, um, as well as the concept of mindful eating, chewing slower, tasting your food, experiencing food in a deeper way by just connecting and acknowledging the different ways that your senses are stimulated. And that also dips a little bit into that emotional side of eating is just um, you know, acknowledging that you need stillness and you need food to just be food. You don't need food to be accompanied by scrolling through social media or, you know, watching a video or watching TV or doing your taxes. (laughs) You need meals to be meals, to be chewed slowly, appreciated, savored, and enjoyed. That leads me to the last facet, which is social. Um, Social nutrition (laughs) means that you enjoy food with good company. The company you keep really matters and the energy that you put out there, right? If you're upset, you're eating with people who really don't give you good vibes and you're feeling kind of off, that digestion is not going to be great because your body's going into fight or flight. It's going into parasympathetic or excuse me, sympathetic nervous system and your digestion's not going to be optimal. When you enjoy the company you keep and you eat a meal with people that you love and that support you and are aligned with you, you enjoy a meal in rest and digest and that intuitive and that emotional aspect and that spiritual aspect, all of those things get fulfilled when you sit down with people that you love to have good conversation, to slow down and enjoy the moment. Think about when you're out at a restaurant, you don't rush through your food. You actually sometimes order more food to make the process drag on because you know you want time to connect with the person that you're going out with. And we need to bring that into our, our daily. And there's, you know, it's difficult sometimes, I know, especially now with pandemic and everything going on, maybe you're feeling really lonely and you haven't enjoyed a meal with people that you loved in a while. Um, you know, know that there's always alternative options. You can always do FaceTime. Sometimes I like to phone a friend when I'm sitting down to eat and just have conversation, not feel super alone. Sometimes I really like to watch self-growth videos, not to distract me, but to sit down and watch something that's going to nourish my mind while I nourish my body. And I find that that works really well for me rather than just watching something for sheer entertainment. Watching something that's going to stimulate my self-growth reminds me that I'm being mindful and I need to just enjoy my food. And usually that means for me, you know, watching 
um, watching some mentors, watching some videos of some, some fellow coaches or mentors that I really admire and I feel close and connected with that I know on a personal level. And I actually feel like they're right there enjoying the experience with me. Um, and that being said, if you do have the opportunity to get out and enjoy good company, please don't worry about what (laughs) you're eating. Just enjoy the night out. Again, that's a disclaimer. If you have dietary needs and, you know, things that you, you really need, like for me, if I eat gluten, I'm going to end up in the emergency room two hours later. So definitely not worth the brownie out (laughs) at the restaurant for me. But, um, you know, if you don't have those restrictions, there is no guilt or shame. Feel proud of yourself that you're fulfilling the social need, um, of, of nutrition. You, you are having good nutrition. It's just not maybe addressing optimal physical need. It's addressing optimal social needs. So know your balance and make your decisions without guilt or shame. And if you don't find that possible, then go out and make a healthy choice. Make a choice that's going to make you feel really fulfilled at the end of the night in all ways, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. So now coming to, you know, the end of this podcast and addressing your own personal nutrition, um, how do we begin to do this? Well, the first thing that I can encourage you to do is to make a list of all the ways is that food is meant to nourish you. Taking, you know, taking ideas from this podcast, the physical, the emotional, the spiritual, the social, and identifying that nutrition goes beyond the micro and macronutrient needs and starting to assess is is my relationship with food imbalanced in any of these four facets facets and if so what little tweaks can i make and what habits can i implement to start to bring these these things back into balance and have a more balanced life of of nutrition and balanced relationship with food and um you know i encourage you as always to do that within the confines of whole foods as we know that we know that we know that whole foods nourish the body and processed um, conventional foods tend to wreak more havoc and something that i think is really interesting is that um, emotional eating and mental health issues can be derived merely from consuming processed conventional food or having unidentified food sensitivities so know that switching over to whole foods is going to already start to shift the paradigm to be in a state of balance within these other facets and then from there you know doing the healing and doing the work to find okay what's my perfect balance here what's my 80 20 and you know where do my habits need to fall in order to align with my goals So I hope this podcast was helpful for you. Um, Please leave comments. Please share. Maybe leave me a review. It's so helpful. I appreciate everyone who's been sharing with friends. And remember that your life is your medicine. I will see you next time. Be safe, be well, and lots of love as always. Hey there, if anything in this podcast resonated with you and you are craving a deeper journey, to wholeness, to healing, to making your life your medicine. I would love to jump on a connection call with you and schedule that out. Feel free to message me or visit my website, somasonder.org, or send me an email at somasonder at gmail.com, and we'll get in touch and we'll schedule you out a session 
and talk more about how we can start to make your life your medicine and break you free.